0: Thanks for joining us again. Yes, um, a lot has happened in the past week, like I said. One of them, of course, being um, the, probably the most uh, burning from a do State in Benin City. We saw a 22-year-old girl, Wavera uh, Omozua, who was raped and killed in a church. Uh, while she was studying, I believe. There's a 15-year-old girl who was raped repeatedly by four men in Bauchi State, 18-year-old Jennifer who was raped by five men in Kaduna, 18-year-old Barakat who was murdered in her home in Ibadan after being raped. So many, so many stories, and it looked like, uh, it might feel like it's more reported now, but I don't know if that means that these things haven't been happening. Like you saw there, I'm being joined here by Kiki Mordi, um, who's an investigative journalist, and of course, Hawa Oche, who will be joining us in Abuja. How are you doing?
1: I'm very well like I can see you're
0: wearing black, obviously reflecting the mood uh, yes. of things in the country. What, what do you think is going on? What is really going on?
1: What is going on is rape culture is manifesting itself. We've been saying this for years that we live in a community where rape culture thrives, and you know people refuse to take our words for it. I don't know if it's uh, the pandemic or I don't know what to call it, but suddenly we. Can all see what we've been saying for a very long time. Maybe it's technology that gives us access to quickly share information faster than before, but we suddenly are now very aware of the rape culture that we have in our society. Yeah.
0: What is it about? Do you think anything about the way our culture is set up encourages this and makes it uh, almost sort of thrive here?
1: Well, when I say rape culture, I'm not exactly accusing our culture as Nigerians or as Africans. I'm saying that the way of life, the way we behave, the way we see women, that's that's what rape culture is. And rape culture influences our own culture, not necessarily the other way around. I wouldn't say our culture influences rape culture. Our culture is just the way we've known since, you know, the beginning of time, the way we chose to live. But we decided to allow rape culture fester, so it would seep into our culture, our traditions, it will seep into our religion, it will seep into our workforce, it will seep, it seep into any single space it finds itself because we've allowed it to fester for this long.
0: Yeah, and people keep saying, you know, that a lot of these um, conversations seem to be have had by women. You know, a yes. lot of women have known this for very long, have been having these conversations, I mean, trying to get men to understand this. Um, how are the men doing with regards to? understanding this? Because the truth is, the perpetrators are the men. Yes. Uh, especially when, I mean, with these Mostly, cases yes. that, that we have seen. I Do you get a sense that men are starting to understand what's going on?
1: I say they are starting to understand what's going on, but too slow for my liking. Like, we can't wait for you to catch up because we are dying, literally. Um, so, I, it's 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 a it's a pandemic. I would call it that. It's a pandemic we have on our hands right now. So we can't we can't uh, wait for you to slowly catch up. We can't we don't have that time to slowly explain to you. You know, with the tone that you would rather us explain to you that we are dying at the hands of men, literally, because they do not respect or see women as you know, humans or complete humans yeah. deserving of respect.
0: Let's go to Abuja because we're joined in Abuja by Hawa Ojeifu, who's the founder for, of She Writes Woman. Um, Hawa, if you can hear me, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure you've been following the conversation. There's so much to unpack here. Um, I, 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 I Somewhat comes to mind now even. Uh, I think there was a case in Jigawa Farashina, who's 12 years old, who was raped by 11, 11 men. Um, you hear things like this and um, you wonder, first of all, what does it take now to get these people to justice? Because there's always a belief that, okay, the police doesn't believe the story sometimes, and even when they do, they're almost sort of... Their hands are tied. There's also the fact of, you know, how do you prove rape?
2: Absolutely, Ibuka. It's it's quite... Uh... It's it's very complex. It's a very multi-layered issue. And I think more than that, we need to understand that it's a systemic issue. So a lot of times what makes the conversation very polarized and and it seems like some people are for or against and all of those things is that we don't understand systemic issues. And I always say if you don't understand systemic issues, you will always think it's about that one issue. You will always think it's a personal attack against a gender or a group of people or a culture or things like that. But it's really about a system. It's about a system that has created structures that enable certain kinds of of behavior, and sort of enable the injustice that that that's more important than anything. I believe that we need to first start that, okay, um, we have a law, is it domesticated across all the states? No, but just having that top-down approach is not enough in having just a piece of paper. It is also understanding that we need to reorient the system. So when people talk about police, I'm like, are we forgotten so soon that it was the same police that had the same issue last year where women went and they were also raped as well. So we need a complete reorientation because it's not gonna take any, ju- any one aspect alone for us to be able to combat this, like Kiki said, pandemic, but it has to be a systemic thing. So while we're doing the legislation, what are we doing in schools? What are we doing in the educational system? What are we doing in terms of reorienting, in terms of religious institutions and stuff like that? Because any one place can totally void the kind of progress that we're trying to make in terms of getting systemic change.
0: Um, you mentioned a lot about, you know, systems. And every, I think we are, a lot of Nigerians understand that a lot of these things are, are a systemic problem because there's not uh, structures, I know we like to use that word, but very loosely in place. Um, but we, we did see comments from people in government, especially the House of Representatives uh, during the week, uh, sort of almost um, victim blaming. And, and that seems to be the culture here. Where do we start if we still have the sort of conversations happening in government?
2: I mean, I think it's really funny that we expect that people in government will be any different. I think it's really interesting. I mean, you, we forget that these are also members of the society that just happen to get into positions of leadership. And the truth is they are part of the society. They are part of the system. We all are part of the system. So when we sort of expect them to know better, I'm like, yo, 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 let's let's reduce our expectations here, you know, because quite frankly, there are people within the society that just got into government. And because, like Kiki said, there is something that has influenced the culture, and it's so important for us to understand that it's not static, it's something that changes over time, that's, that's culture. We make the culture. So when we have not created a culture that allows such issues to be voiced, that allows for safe places to have these conversations, that allows for reorientation and new ways of doing things within our system, then we don't expect that certain people are just going to automatically know, sadly. Um, so I think it's I think first we need to reduce our expectations and realize that we even need to reorient our leaders on you know things like rape culture and victim blaming and things like that, because they need it first before they are able to properly um, sort of reflect that in a legislation.
0: I'll come back to you, but Kiki, I mean, that's, that's a very fundamental part of this entire conversation, whether we like it or not. A lot of these laws need to be changed. I mean, there was a whole uh, trending issue on social media where we found out that, you know, 11 is the age of concerts in parts of Nigeria. Yes. You know, things like that are still a part of our laws here. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned there, you know, about, you know, reorientation. How do we even start this? People are in government who believe certain things. Nigerians Mm -hmm. also believe certain things. I Mm -hmm. mean, we've seen the conversations everywhere. When this conversation starts, some of the questions are, what was she wearing? Why was she there at the time? Why did she go back to the house? You know, things like that. How do we start this reorientation?
1: I think we just need to engage more armies. We need allies, you know. When we talk about fighting rape culture, all of a sudden people think that it's a fight for women when it's a fight for humanity. So we need people to fight this fight because it, it, if we say culture, it's not the way of life of women. It's the way of life of every single person. So as a man, you now know better, you should be able to call out your brothers in your small space. You should be able to call out your friends, all right? So if, if we all do our part in like telling the next person that, listen, Women are here to stay. They are a huge chunk of the population, and they have every. They deserve every right as much as the men do. You know, if we start in schools, in the in, in places of learning, in churches, if we fight back, we need to fight back in a systemic way because it's it's seeping to us and it's seeping through our structures, structures like the church, structures like like mosques, like schools. We need to fight back through these structures. It's not an individual fight. So. Like you said, some states, I mean, the age of consent in Nigeria is 18, but some states still insist on 11, you know, for various reasons. Some of them are religious. If we can at least have that bare minimum across the 36 states, that the age of consent has to be 18 and it's non-negotiable, you know, we're talking about, and somehow this only affects women. You know, we never hear this age of consent argument when it comes to the boys. It's always about the women So if we can at least have that bare minimum structure in place. So while we're teaching on one hand, we're persecuting on on, on the other hand. If you refuse to listen, you go to jail. You know, people need to understand that these things are criminal offenses. They're not things like disagreements that we settle amicably as a family. You settle it in jail. We need to start putting our foot to the ground and seeing this for what what, what it is, a criminal, a gross criminal, you know, a, a gross crime against women. Yeah. That's what it is. I, th- I think
0: the, the police or security agencies' yes. um, conversation is very, very key to this. Because the one thing I know people always say is people are afraid to come forward because they won't be believed or they believe that the those who they report to might not take them seriously or might even turn them to the victims. Yes. You know, how, where, how do we start that Um a conversation How do we start to reorientate these people who should be holding victims accountable? Because, I mean, okay, like with the case in Edo State now, we see that there seems to be some action, yes, maybe because there was murder involved. But if mm. she didn't die, would you, would we see this sort of you know pursuit of justice? Even
1: with the murder, it took public outrage for, for one thing to get done, but we don't, we, we fail to realize that you know, it's, it wasn't just what there is like hundreds and thousands of girls at the same time being murdered and raped you know, in their spaces. And we cannot, you know, every day come out to trend. How many hashtags will we try? Exactly. So, like Hawa said, the policemen are not aliens. They are the same people that are in our homes, the same ones that victim blame us in our homes who go to the office to carry out the same task. So, like I said, while we try our best to do the reorientation, I think the National Human Rights Commission is doing their best to do that reorientation program. It's good that they're even in government so they can spread within the government. While we do that... We ourselves, we should understand that we have a voice and we should hold our leaders accountable. We put them there to take mm. care of us. And if they're not taking care of us, we pull them back out. We ask them, we demand, what are you doing? Why would you make this comment? What are you doing to keep me safe as a woman? Why are my interests not included in this so-called democracy? We should understand that we have that power to keep demanding. I can't, I can't fight alone. If one million women around the country get up, stand up, and say to our leader, say to our president or, you know, our governor, like, we do not like what you're doing to take care of women. We reject this. We want you to do something better, we want you back. We have that power, but we fail to realise that we have that power. Yeah,
0: um, Howard. The the culture and religion uh, conversation is also a fundamental part of this. Like we've talked about the age of consent. There, um, we know we've had we've come close to having a debate. I think a, a few times in the National Assembly, and it's been shut down for religious reasons. Are we ever going to get past this? You think about
2: this idea of religion whether religion is actually contradicting consent and things like that. And it was really interesting because again, it's down to orientation, it's down to interpretation. Because if it were so cast in stone in terms of religion, then it would be a worldwide thing. But why is it that it isn't Certain states, so for example, let me use northern states in Nigeria. Um, Why do we have that? Why are we? Why Why do they feel so strongly against the VAP, which and they are still going by the penal code, for example? You know, and I feel like it's it's so interesting, and that's where we have to start reorienting religious institutions because if you ask. Just any anybody within the religious space who holds a certain level of influence. Oh, do you people um, practice any form of child abuse, or do you guys um, practice any form of gender-based violence? They'll tell you no, like emphatically no. But then when you dig deeper, you realise they're doing it. So I think it's almost like there is a gap, there is an understanding gap, there's a language gap. But then if you don't know you're doing something when you're being asked, you'll be like, no, I'm 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 fine. I'm not I'm not doing that. I I don't have any concern with this because it's it's not my area because we do everything legally here. You know, so I, 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 it's it's, kind of tricky because we're such a religious um, country. And for some reason, wherever religion comes into our, our space, we just lose all sense of logic and reasoning in this country. But I think it's, again, it's not just about the legislation because they will always resist that if they feel like, you know, the religion permits them to. So we need to begin to have more influential voices within the religious space, because if you now have contradictory voices within the religious space saying, no, you should, and yes, you should then they begin to listen to each other. So I think, like Kiki said, we have certain levels of power that we, I feel like we're not really using, and we're not building those allies, because we need allies within the religious space, the people that use religion as sort of a justification for many of these kinds of injustices. I think that, for me, would be a very vital way to go.
0: Um, So following from what I had asked her about, you know, reporting, a lot of women are still not very comfortable coming up. Uh, It's one of the hardest things to talk about for people who go through this. Um, I don't know. Are you seeing an uptick in numbers of women who are willing to come out and report? And what do you say to someone who is sort of going through this and still doesn't feel strong enough to talk about it or, or lay claim about it?
2: I mean, first off, yes, I do feel a lot more people have been empowered to talk. And I'm using the word empowered because... It's not necessarily that to, like I think we've said before, social media is an amplifier. So when people say, oh, some things are on the rise, I'm like, no, just because you just turned on the light in the room doesn't mean that the stuff you see there hasn't always been there. It's just that social media is amplifying that image. It's showing us for a fact. And what is happening is that when that wave of collective consciousness begins to come, more people feel like, oh, if Howard's talking about it, if Kiki is talking about it, if all of these women are standing up for justice and they are owning their stories irrespective of what the backlash may look like because it is there... Then I feel like I can do that as well. And that is what we're seeing. We're seeing people feeling more empowered because now they feel like I have a choice. I can speak. As against the default mode of no, keep quiet, no, you're shaming. No, don't air your dirty laundry in public. Oh, it's your fault, or so people are gonna blame you and things like that. Um, so I think that's it. But if anybody who is listening and the person is feeling like, you know, I'm going through this, and you know, first off, there's no pressure to there's no pressure to stand up and tell your story because I think we also have to be very careful because it's a very traumatic experience. As a sexual um, sexual violence survivor myself, I know what you have to go through in relieving your experience almost every single day. And then when you come out to talk about it, you are met with a whole lot of, it's, it's a mixed field. So if you're not ready to talk, know that that's on the one hand, you don't have to. However, you don't have to talk publicly you can, however, begin to seek some sort of care in terms of counseling and all of that. And you can begin to follow more private channels in terms of maybe persecuting and all of that. But like you said, Ibuka, there are issues regarding you know, um, evidence and things like that, especially when it it, it involves one, one-on-one person kind of you, you know, scenarios and things like that. So it's quite complex. I would say prioritize your personal healing first before you then think that you have to go public or you want to join your voice to it because it can be very re-traumatizing.
0: Um, Kiki, are, are, are you hopeful? Are you hopeful with the way the conversation is going?
2: I
1: am hopeful. Um, it's math. If we keep, if we all keep talking about this, and I mean, at some point, it wouldn't be publicly acceptable for people to say, make rape jokes. As a matter of fact, I see it happening. You know, some people feel like we are making noise on social media by calling people to order for being inappropriate. But we see that there is a shift. You can, if someone tweets something. Inappropriate or ridiculous, even the people who have insulted us for being too so loud start to say, hmm, They are coming for you, you know, so things know. like that. They know, they understand, and in fact, they've always known, but right now, they know that is no longer acceptable.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I mean, it's a space we'll continue to look at because I mean, a lot of us are learning, and yes. I think that's the most important thing I am learning. And I hope all men out there, in particular, and I keep talking about the men because the victims are not the issue here. It's those who perpetrate the crime that we should be we should be looking at. I know this is the UN, however, we're in black, so I guess um, it reflects the mood, like I said, and I hope uh, people understand how tough this can be. We'll take a break now and be right back. Please don't go away. <music>